episode 74 for July 2009. All right, we're hitting message board questions up. Uh, first one from Greg XB from Los Angeles. Eamon won JR's way. He says, I think we can all agree that the Green Goblin and Doc Ock are Spider-Man's top two villains, and the reason why they work so well is how they are both themat- thematically dark mirrors of our protagonist. That's a lot of words there, Greg XB. JR, what are your thoughts about that? He says they're more the uh, dark mirrors as opposed to Venom. Yeah, I know. And, um, I mean, he's right on, on the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus, but Venom is actually, uh, uh, when written correctly, can also be a dark mirror. Basically, Venom is an agent of chaos. Peter Parker wants order. As a superhero, he wants order. He wants things to be a certain way, and he wants things to be right. Even the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus want order, but they want it on their terms. And they have objectives, and they use their powers to achieve their objectives. Venom doesn't really have any objectives. I mean, other than just eating Spider-Man's and J. Jonah Jameson's brain, he he just delights in his power. It's kind of like Topher Grace said, he's all power and no responsibility. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, Venom, uh, you know, is is, uh, he he just enjoys creating chaos and mayhem wherever he goes. And therefore, he is somewhat thematically. And Greg, uh, you got to watch it. You bumped up against my syllable limit on the word thematically. I'm from Southern Indiana, (laughs) so you have to be careful. I was I was stumbling over protagonist. Yeah, yeah. and and, see, <laughs> and they really screwed Venom up when they made him the lethal protector mm-hmm. because yeah. then they gave him objectives and they took away that kind of random that random ruthless relentless violence uh, that he represented the chaos that he represented and then they gave it they had but they gave it to Carnage and they went so over mm-hmm. the top on Carnage that basically in my opinion they just ruined the whole symbiote thing. But but yes, when written, when written correctly, Venom can be a, a dark mirror as well. Uh, he has one for Stella. What do you think of William Faulkner? Um, I actually haven't read anything of William Faulkner's. Uh, two of them that are on my list uh, are Absalom, Absalom, and The Sound and the Fury. And I was actually with my friend uh, in college who was in a William Faulkner class. So I know that he's all about these like homoerotic moments. So I'm sort of interested in how this will play out. Well, I'll tell you, I freaking hate William Faulkner. Oh, okay. <laughs> he does not use My friend did not like him much either. It's He's a good idea when you're doing... He the... thought he was above punctuation, and it's, it, it's just <laughs> crap. <laughs> uh, let's see. Spidey Dude, so were you happy to see Miles Warren in Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon? What do you think of him? Yes, I did. I, 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 uh, I was very surprised, and they... You give a couple of uh, well, I, I don't want to give. I don't want to go. Into I my haven't answer. seen it. I'm, I'm four behind. They're on my DVR. Oh, well, do you want me to spoil a little bit? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you What did you think of him? Uh, yes, he, I loved him. Well, I loved him, and he, he's a, it's a great addition, and it goes back to even the terrible continuity with the bestial people. Ooh. Yeah, from the. Uh, Scarlet Spider annual, yeah, High Evolutionary Scarlet Spider annual number one thing, yeah. He even Baby Man managed to make that work. So, epic win on my uh, on my from me, yeah. Kevin, what do you think of Straczynski leaving Thor, and what do you think of his run? I don't think you pick it up. Uh, I've been doing it in trades, and that's pretty much my okay. comment. Is I think he's writing freaking amazing trade paperbacks. I originally started to read it in singles, and I dropped it after three or four issues because it was moving so slow. But when I read the first trade, it was great, so I'm anxiously awaiting the second one. Uh, one to me, are there any Marvel villains you think should be part of Norman's Cabal? No, he's got all of them. I mean, really, I can't think of one off. Well, maybe the, that, that mysterious... 
the mysterious uh, hobgoblin that was introduced in Secret War. I'm still wondering who the hell that hobgoblin is. So, I would say Spider-Man so. crawlspace. Yeah. Oh wow! Really? Yep. Oh wow! Look at you. <laughs> I've go. been the uh, one saying uh, for years that I wish they would develop that guy. So I guess I may as well do it. <laughs> uh, Funny K from Scotland. Uh, Stella, who's currently your favorite Marvel artist? I think my. Up n- number one is Steve McNiven, but I haven't seen him in a while. I think it's because he takes a long time because of all the detail he goes into. So I think right now who we have been seeing is Marcos Martin is up there. Yeah. He's been doing that uh, Old Man Logan is where your guy's been. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be why I have not picked that up. <laughs> uh, JR, what has been the best cliffhanger ending you've ever read in a Spider-Man comic? Probably, and you have to put this in its historical context. Probably the best cliffhanger ending has, was the uh, the death of Gwen Stacy at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 121, leading into mm-hmm. 122, because you had that last panel where Spidey says Gwen is dead, and now Green Goblin, you're going to die. You know, I mean, you had to wonder, particularly with no internet, with uh, <clears throat> no uh, no really yeah. way of figuring out what was going to happen. Uh, God, could Gwen really be dead? I mean, really, yeah. can the girlfriend of the, the protagonist really be dead? And then, you know, Spider-Man, I mean, could he really kill the Green Goblin? I mean, what will he do if Gwen truly is dead? So I think, um, you know, I, I think in my opinion, and, and you got to remember, too, this Jerry Conway was less than a year into writing Amazing. Stan had just, you know, literally just given it up. So you, you really did not know what was going to happen. So I would say that's probably the greatest cliffhanger in Spider-Man history. And you know you didn't have that weekly. You had to wait until uh, a week later to see the uh, resolution. Uh, Kevin, how big an impact will uh, Straczynski make by leaving Marvel? Honestly, at this point, I think it's only going to make the sales of Thor go down because JMS doesn't have much of an impact on Marvel right now. He's just writing a great Thor book. Um, I think they might help the readership of DC. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, this is I'm. <laughs> They bring in JMS to revive two characters, and apparently he he came, became so disenfranchised with the crossover yeah, that he, they crossed him to leave. And, and it's like you 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 screw up. This guy's writing not once but twice, and I think it's like you know, it's enough, it's enough. You know, right. and and I think that's why he bolted for DC. Well, he, he's wanted to write Superman for a long time. And, Mike, you can talk to this. You think Straczynski would do great on Superman? I'd like to read it. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I, I think it's interesting the characters he is writing, or at least the characters he is launching, uh, in terms of using those old Archie superheroes. Uh, I, I really don't know how that's going to go. Uh, it's kind of like Wednesday Comics. I applaud it. I'm not going to read it, and I think it's going to fail. Well, so I think it would go a lot better if JMS was going to be writing the series, because he's just writing one-shots to revive them, and then other people are writing ongoings for him, so I'm yeah. not even interested. Yeah. Well, no, because uh, one of the writers is Eric Troutman, and I like his stuff a lot, so... I don't really know him. Yeah. Zach, what do you make of the original uh, Clone Saga, ASM 147 to 150? Um... It, it... It's not bad. I mean, even four issues. I mean, the the jackal is kind of portrayed as a little bit more goofy. I mean, it, with that get up, anybody would look goofy. Um, it, the shocking revelation that it was my, that it was Professor Warren happened during this time, uh, going off memory. Uh, it, it, without it, I wouldn't have my '90s clone saga, and so 
Uh, I mean, it, I respect the history, the historical aspect. It introduced Ben Riley, even though he wasn't named Ben Riley at that point. Um, so, I mean, it gives it a lot of a historical as- uh, or a backdrop, and I like that. I like continuity. I'm a continuity hound. Uh, one my way, which comic writer is very underrated in your opinion? Um, I think, I think the older guys. I think, uh, DeFalco, uh, and Stern. I wish they would get more work in the new, uh, Marvel U. You know, I, I wish we would go back to people that, uh, knocked it out of the park decades ago and given them a chance. Uh, I, I talk about the new guys, Matt Fraction, I really like a lot. I think, um, Oh, what's the guy? Brew Baker. I think he knocks it out of the park with uh, Captain America every month. But those guys are fairly uh, respected, etc. But underrated, Peter David. Well, he's respected. Shit, I don't know, Funny K. <laughs> I'm rambling. <laughs> That's just a few of my writers that I like. Uh, DXD for Spidey Dude. How would you feel if Ben Riley returned as a long-lasting villain, similar to how Jason Todd returned as a villain in the Batman books? See my review on a. Amazing Annual 36 for the answer to that question on SpideyDude.com. You didn't like it. I read it. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was – my deal is is if you make – don't make Ben Riley the villain. Bring back Kane. He's more villain material than Ben Riley ever was. But and that doesn't um, mean that it's Ben Riley. True. True. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it'd have to be a really entertaining and engrossing story for me to, me to approve of my favorite – Era of Spider-Man, Spider-Man being a villain. Right. For JR, how would you bring the Hobgoblin back? <sighs> well, hmm. Probably. Do we need the Hobgoblin. Well, right now we don't. Right now we yeah. don't need the Hobgoblin. And frankly, I think Rod, Roddy Kingsley is just too smart to willingly come back. I mean, hell, he's got millions of dollars stashed away. He's on his island sipping lattes and Mai Tais and stuff. Why the hell would he come back? Um, the only way I can think of doing it, either as Tom DeFalco did in Spider-Girl, where he's literally kidnapped uh, for a certain purpose and then says, hey, I kind of miss this, or he comes back to the States looking for revenge, say something happens to his idiot twin brother. And, he's, you, know, you know, I mean, it may be his idiot twin brother, but he, it is his idiot twin brother. And, yeah. uh, you know, something like that, and he comes back to take revenge and, again, decides to stop. Uh, those are the only two scenarios, but I'm, I mean, as much as I like the Roderick Kingsley Homgoblin, I really don't see a place for him right now. Uh, for the group, years ago, Dr. Octopus had a gang war fueled with Hammerhead that re- was revisited a number of times. It's been years since that's been addressed. Would you like to see the plot thread revisited? We kind of already did that with Hammerhead, you know? Well, well there are the... a bit too many gang wars that seem to be going on all the time in both Spider-Man yeah. and the Marvel Universe in general. I mean, how many damn gang wars can we take? That's just not my favorite aspect of Spider-Man, personally. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it would be interesting to see the, this Doc Ock and, and the new Hammerhead go at it. With a re- I, I, I'm going to agree with JR. I'd like to see it in a film. Yeah, it would work in a film. I agree. Uh, thank you, DXD from Ontario. We're going to Donald Mark from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. From Mike Bailey, what were your feelings over the Marvel versus DC fights, Spider-Man versus Superboy, and Superman versus the Hulk? Uh, I, I remember back when that series came out, I said this is the uh, school president class election of comic books. Uh, yeah, nothing could ever good. Nothing good could ever come out of asking the fans what they want and letting yeah. them decide how it goes. Uh, 
Spider-Man versus Superboy, clone versus clone. How, how, how can you argue with that? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was nice that Dan Jurgens drew him, because he was drawing him at the time in Sensational, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yep. So you got, yeah. you, you got to have that playing over. Spider-Man, I mean, Superman versus the Hulk? God, it's my number one of my number two favorite characters. It was, you know, it's like if either one won or either one lost, I really wouldn't be too upset. I just got to keep going with the guy with heat vision. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's true. Light heat vision. But if, but if you remember those fights, everything went up to like two panels, and then all that's the only art that would have to be changed. So I have a mm. feeling they drew both versions because it's like the Lobo versus Wolverine fight. Yeah, Wolverine's going to win. Uh, it was stupid only because who crawls out of the bar? Yeah, that, that's an exciting ending to a fight. Thanks no. a lot. Guys. Yeah, I do well, remember was, uh, like, early in that uh, miniseries, there was a panel of Ben Rowley, Spider-Man, meeting the Joker. Yes, there was. Am I right about that? Yes, there was. That, uh, that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, and Ben Riley and the Joker's like, well, if it isn't Spider-Man, you certainly got a new tailor. And he's like, I don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> uh, for Jr., what would your what would your reaction be if Harry did indeed try to take down his father, but ended up getting killed, and Peter wound up would end up stopping him? I think he's asking what would happen if Norman killed Harry and what would Peter do. Uh, Really, the question's a non-starter because Harry is not going to die. They uh, courted controversy by bringing him back. Uh, Having him back, I think, serves a good dynamic between him and his father. He's not going to die. So really, uh, if uh, Norman did kill Harry, I mean, if Norman did kill Harry, I think you'd have a situation like you did in Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, Norman would just, that would stop Norman dead in his tracks. I mean, as much Mm. trash as he talks about, I'll break your neck, kid, or whatever. If Norman killed his son, that would stop him dead in his tracks. So really, there's I, I don't have an answer to you, sir, because really the question's a non-starter. Okay. For the gang, do you think an excellent story, issue, or run needs to have excellent art to go along with it, or does the writing alone make you enjoy it enough to be a favorite? For example, he brought the he bought the recent Static Trade, collecting two of his previously released collected issues, and while he liked the writing, the back half of the art was crap. I think it's. I think it's. You got takes two to tango. Well, I, you got to have them both. Well, you got to have. It's a visual medium. Yeah. I mean, you have to have decent looking art for it to be a you know an enjoyable story because you're looking at the pictures. So, uh, you, you, I agree with Brad. It takes two to tango, but you've got to have an example. Art. An example I like to cite is uh, I'm a big Mike Diodato fan, uh, but I was the enjoyment of his art was taken away from uh, Bruce Jones writing the Hulk. When Bruce Jones and uh, Diodata were on the Hulk, I just couldn't. I, it's kind of like I, I, just two to tango. You can't have one without the other. It's kind of like you can't have a baby without. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> unless you got a petri dish and a clone. I don't know. Um, well, and I'll tell you what I think. Uh, I think writing, and this this is probably just me talking as a writer, but I think for me, when I read something, writing is more important with art than art, because the the prettiest pictures are not going to save an entirely crap story, but. If the story's really, 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 really freaking engrossing and the art just ain't that good, I usually still enjoy it. Although, you know, if you have Chris Pachalo, then you, you've probably got a problem. Yeah. Well, well St- Stella, Stella was saying something. Go ahead, Stella. No, it was just your your sexual joke. That's all I said oh. about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I was. I, I kind of got I kind of have to agree with uh, with Kevin on that. I, I will. I will enjoy a comic 
more if it has uh, not truly bad art, but, you know, like mediocre art and good writing than a book with crap writing and the most beautiful art on the face of the planet. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, but I do believe that you need to have the balance between the two to make it work. Well, I love uh, Donald Mark's signature. It's, quote, what's a fat one? Spider-Girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'll just... Move it on to... Oh, uh, go ahead, One little uh, example okay. of that would be uh, Humberto Ramos on the Spectacular Spider-Man run with Paul Jenkins. And the particular, yeah. the, uh, the Doc Ock story could have really benefited from somebody else other than freaking Humberto Ramos. Uh, Berserk Fury, 819 from Detroit. BD, why aren't you reading Green Lantern? Uh, I buy enough Marvel. I don't have enough money to buy all the DC lines. Sorry, sir. I will tell you eventually. <laughs> Zach, who would you rather see gone from their position of power, Quesada or Barack Obama? <laughs> I love this question because it made me laugh yeah. the first time I saw it. Um, it's a it's a wash because because bad things could come out of either one. Um, I mean, if you get if somebody if somebody was stupid enough to to do something to Obama, it would crack the world in half. Uh, with Yokosada, you could either have a really good inner editor in chief or a really bad editor in chief. And quite frankly, I would rather see Obama than Joe Biden be our president. Just saying, just saying. And random on a scale of twelve to twenty eight. That's a really weird scale. Uh, how psyched are you for the Clone Saga? That would be my birthday, twelve twenty-eight. That's probably why he chose it. Uh, I would say a hundred, uh, uh, one thousand two hundred twenty-eight. How's okay. that? <laughs> Stella James Clavel. Who's James Clavel? I'm actually not sure. I had to look him up. Um, okay, go ahead. I have not read anything by him, but you know, Berserk Fury eight one nine. If you have anything to recommend to me, just. Uh, Private message me and I will read that. No, I'm not taking any proposals still at this time. But I would like to take this moment to say Wade Wilson last podcast asked if I had read uh, Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut, and I said no at that time. But I'm reading it now, and he wondered what my comments were. And right now, I'm just saying that it is a very odd book. So I wonder what your <laughs> comments on that are, Wade Wilson. So okay, I'm done. JR, he's wanting to know where he can get some Ozcorn. By special order only. <laughs> you do a really good Freddy Krueger impersonation, JR. I just want you to know that. That's great. Uh, Kevin, keep up the great work on Crawl Space. Thank you very much, sir. Hopefully I can. For all, since it's been established that the Goblin formula made the Stacy twins grow faster, shouldn't Menace's baby be five years old when he, she, it... She, she, she shit uh, is born since all the parents have the formula. Ew. Yes, it'd be walking out. It would be yes. walking out the uh, birth canal, kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> kind of like that annual cover from last year. <laughs> uh, he also asked uh, why Marvel hasn't made a book similar to what Chris Claremont's been given called X Men Forever. Why don't they make a Spider Man Forever where he's married and have Kevin Cushing write it? <laughs> Well, they did. I, 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 th- I think if the the clone book does well, they might. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Why not? Well, I'll just say, everybody, start your letter writing campaign to Marvel now. <laughs> right. All right. T.S. Champ. Don't know where T.S. Champ is from. What, I don't get to do my Florida. impersonation. Of what? You missed the end of uh, Berserk Furies. There. 
Oh, I did. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Lastly, for Michael, give us your best Christian Bale impression and say, I'm the goddamn Batman. Sorry. How could I miss that one? That's classic. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Okay. <laughs> I, I got to see, see, the really unfair thing is I can't digitally lower my voice like they did with him in, in Dark Knight. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> Swear to me. Sorry. Can, can, can I try? Because I, I think I think I think. All right, go ahead. Don't laugh at me, Stella. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the goddamn Batman. There you go. Look at him flaunting that new mic. Uh, T.S. <laughs> Champ with the uh, the Pharaoh avatar in this post uh, Omda era. Omda. The Omda era of Spider-Man without the hyphen. Was it the worst part of other than the typical complaint? What the fuck? <laughs> I think he means all the era. What is yeah? What is the worst part? All together now. Read the question to us. <laughs> what is Go the ahead, worst? Stella. Stella's got it. Go ahead, Stella. This, I, I can't. Okay, in this post quote umda era of Spider-Man, what <laughs> oh, is God. the worst part of it? I guess other than the typical complaint, i.e., marriage deal with the devil. What is the best part of it? Uh, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the, what, the, what do you think of Omda? Omda. <laughs> well, the worst part of it. Did you drive an Omda in the seventies? <laughs> do you it drive Omda? It does sound like a bad seventies car, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, like yeah. the Vega. Um, yeah. The the worst part of the era, I would say, other than what he's mentioned, I would say turning Aunt May into a stupid dingbat again. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I like I liked it, I liked it when she knew Peter. The, you know, the Peter was Spider Man. Uh, yeah. you know, and really I thought I didn't like it when they took that away. Uh, what's the best? Uh, the, uh, reigniting of the, uh, Osborne family conflict. Yeah. So. Osborne's are the best thing, I think. Crazy Chris, our buddy, uh, his location is lost within a ripening prison of flesh. My <laughs> God, Chris. <laughs> so, so what state is he in? He's in Colorado. And, uh, um, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you've ever been to Colorado, um, and T.S. Champ's from Florida, by the way. Okay. Fill it out, T.S. Champ. Uh, I recently read a back issue of Web of Spider-Man in which Harry tells Peter he wants to be a superheroic goblin. Uh, instead of talking to his friend about this, Peter unprovoked beats the living crap out of Harry to show him that he doesn't have what it takes. This struck me as the single most out-of-character and baffling things Peter has ever done. Can anyone here justify it? Goblin expert J.R., <laughs> well, this proves that Crazy Chris doesn't read my articles because I actually addressed it in the my Goblin Prince series. So, uh, Chris, I'm I'm okay. I'm hurt. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but actually, he, he's right. I mean, it was it was it was typical bad soap opera plotting where nobody actually sits down and talks something out like reasonable people. Uh, yeah. It was it, it was it was just bad writing. It was stupid. I mean, Peter should not under no circumstances should he have done that. I mean, the 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 way you're going to get, get through to somebody is to beat the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, that works, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 worked for us. Every nation we've tried to conquer recently, right? You know, I mean, we pound the hell out of them, they'll <laughs> surrender, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so no, it, it was bad. And, and you know, Gary Conway, I, I like I liked him on his first run. I didn't think his second run uh, was that great. I mean, he's very much a '70s typewriter, and in that era, you just you didn't have you had people doing stupid stuff like that because the secret identity was so sacred. You know, nobody actually ever sat and you know talked about it. So anyway, yeah, bad writing. Okay, 
Uh, B Dog, uh, what up, guys? Uh, here are my questions. <laughs> here are my questions for this month. Kevin, did you notice a Gabriel Stacy shout out in ASM 597? Uh, we, we talked uh, about that. Yeah, we covered this earlier. I, I really think it was uh, supposed to be their little in joke about Glenn and Stacy. I don't think they want to remember that Gabriel exists, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, everyone who likes the crawlspace banner I worked on, I think it looks great. I like them all. Uh, we, we've uh, awesome. got them as signatures. It's like action so, figures to collect them all. <laughs> uh, Stella, what's your favorite novel? Stella and her novel questions. Ask the poor girl about Spider-Man. She's on that Spider-Man podcast. Stella, what's your favorite novel of all time? Please say it's Spider-Man. Uh, oh, dear. I actually did read a Spider-Man novel. I just can't find it. But... Um, I would say it's it might be a tie between Jane Eyre and because uh, I you know how many times I talked about that and uh, Gone with the Wind I would say there'd be a tie. Okay, uh, Michael Bailey, being the resident DC guy, did you happen to read Firestorm back in the day? And you're excited for Ronnie Ronnie's return? Who's Ronnie? Is that uh, Firestorm? Raymond. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie Raymond, Raymond and Professor Martin Stein were Firestorm. I loved Firestorm. I have. Uh, the five-issue series from the 70s. I have all of the Fury of Firestorm. Uh, I, I thought that he was a really good teenage hero for the late 70s and early 80s. He was created by Jerry Conway. So he was very much a DC Spider-Man in that he was a young hero with problems, but you know, because it's not Marvel where everything has to be based on a tragedy, not that that's a bad thing, uh, you know, he, they fight crime because it's kind of the right thing to do, but there's a lot of melodrama in the background. Uh, the first couple years were really good. Eventually, a guy named John Ostrander took it over and took the yeah. series in a completely new direction. But now I'm a big Firestorm fan, and am I excited for his return? I'm looking forward to Blackest Night in general. So him coming back, I don't know what the ultimate end of this. I don't know if at the end of Blackest Night, DC is going to say, okay, we're returning all these heroes to life, and now death is going to be more permanent, because I kind of got that from the latest issue of Green Lantern that came out last week. But, uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I am looking forward to his return. Uh, to me, Stella and Spidey Dude, what video games are you excited for the summer? Uh, Ghostbusters looks fun. And Ultimate Alliance, my two picks. Stella? My two would be Batman Arkham Asylum and Ooh, yeah. Marvel Ultimate good. Alliance, too. And Spidey Dude? I'll second those, or third, yeah, third those two. And uh, add my personal favorites are Madden uh, NFL 2010 and NCAA Football 2010. And we're all three PlayStation 3 owners. Have, have you guys downloaded the new uh, Punisher No Mercy video game? I've been thinking about buying it. It's 10 bucks up on the network. Really? Nice. Yeah, just got released the last couple. I haven't been. Days. I haven't been online in a while. I noticed that. I have more trophies than you. Uh -huh. Oh, uh, so <laughs> go suck a fat one. Hey, you know what, Brad? Brad, you can go suck a fat one. How about that? Oh, wow! Uh, the new mic is breaking up. Um, <laughs> Jr., what's your favorite Goblin storyline? Uh, I mean, I'll just rattle off some of my faves real quickly. Uh, I like Paul Jenkins' death in the family. I think that's a good one. I'm kind of partial, actually, to Mark Miller's 12-part uh, arc in uh, Marvel Knights Spider-Man, although that story does have a lot of problems. Uh, Norman's return in Peter Parker Spider-Man number 75. I think that's the best no uh, Goblin Spider-Man fight. And then Citizen Osborne in Spectacular number 250. 
Spidey Sight UK says, uh, BD, what's your favorite issue of Amazing Spider-Man ever? Uh, I really liked, uh, Amazing 300 with the introduction of Venom. I liked that a lot. I liked, uh, 238, the introduction of, uh, the Hobgoblin, and I also liked the first of the Black Suit, uh, with the Secret Wars and all that. That's at the peak of me getting, uh, becoming a Spider-Man fan for life. Uh, JR, I recently watched the 90s animated series and the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon with Norman, uh, with which Norman portrayal do you like the most? Um, I like the, uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man one because I like it when Norman is in uh, full possession of his memory and his faculties. Uh, I've never really cared for the amnesia gimmick, so that's, that's yeah. my answer. Zach, with the Clone Saga now being the way it was supposed to have been, what are your opinions? Well, it's very interesting because we've got what we uh, we've got the Clone Saga as is, and now we're getting to finally see because everybody's talking about well, it, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Well, it wasn't supposed to be this way, and and <laughs> what was that? That was like suffering succotash. Yeah, that I'm like was, the cat. Actually, that was my suffering porn, Actually, that was my Barney Frank impression. Um, Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and but I'm really excited about it. I'm very very giddy with excitement. I mean, that's a good way of describing it. You're you're, you're a good man if you can say the word giddy and get away with it. Okay. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> thank you for crawl space number six. You're awesome. Thank you. And much. my question to you is: Did you enjoy the Michael Morbius portrayal in the '90s animated series and the design they had for him as the vampire with these sucking hands? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really the way I probably would have conceived it, but that is the first Morbius portrayal I saw, so I have a, I have a real soft spot for it. I, honestly, I don't have a problem with the plasma suckers on his hands because they had the plasma. They they had the restrictions of a cartoon where he couldn't just bite people and drink their blood and really whether he drinks blood or takes plasma doesn't fundamentally change the character. I think the I think the biggest flaw that it probably had was they changed uh, his motivation from trying to cure his own disease to trying to cure this disease of his nation. So it made him more altruistic that way, and it wasn't just something he brought on himself purely because of himself. And the comic book Morbius, at a certain point, you know, he could have probably cured himself of vampirism, but he found out that that disease was still there. So if he cured himself, he'd still die. And that's a little bit more interesting than what was going on in the cartoon. Michael, there are rumors of Superman uh, starting from the beginning again, the Superman movies. My question is you, if this happens, would you want Brandon Routh as Superman, or would you like to see uh, the new uh, cast members? I liked Brandon Routh a lot, actually. I, I thought he was really ripped off in terms of the script, because they did pigeonhole him to play Christopher Reeve as Superman instead of giving him a new version of the character to play. Uh, I would like Kevin Spacey to come back as Lex Luthor again, maybe give him kind of a meaner part. I mean, he was a lot angrier than than Gene Hackman. Uh, For the love of God, get rid of Kate Bosworth. Uh, I, I (laughs) I agree. I really didn't like her at all. And unfortunately, my two choices to play Lois Lane now are in Hollywood terms, too old to do so. I really thought that Jill Hennessy from the show mm-hmm. Crossing Jordan, and she was one of yeah. the ADAs on uh, Law & Order, I thought she would have made a very, very good Lois Lane if yeah. given the opportunity. 
and one of the other ADAs from that from Law and Order with the long hair and the kind of smoky voice. What is her name? Oh, Angie uh, Harmon. Oh yeah, Harmon, Harmon, Harmon. I oh thought she gosh. was. <laughs> she would have been a Smoke good Lois Lane too. I really yeah. think because they both kind of had that determination and that fire, but they they you know you could still see that they had some good acting chops. So, you know, uh, questions for the group. Alfred Molina recently stated they'd love to do uh, Doc Ock again in a Spider-Man movie. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm all for it. I right think on. it'd be great to make him the master planner, have a little tentacle at the end of Fun oh, 4. Oh, jeez. Oh, and oh. what? You don't, you don't uh, like that? No, I was, I was just, never mind. Dirty, okay. dirty mind, dirty mind. Uh, let's cool. see. You did skip me. I was after Kevin oh, and before oh, Michael. I'm sorry. It was a good question, too, and it wasn't literature-related, so... Who is your favorite Marvel DC villain and hero, Stella? I apologize. Uh, I'm trying to... Um, to Okay, let's see. I'll start with DC. I think DC hero or um, heroine-wise would be Black Canary. And villain, I would say, even though she's not completely a villain, Black Cat. uh, She's more of like a... Anti-hero, I guess. Uh, And Marvel, I would say my favorite... uh, but I would say Sharon Carter. I really like um, how well Brubaker has been writing her. Um, I would have said Spider-Woman, but I am very, very distraught at the fact that that mini well, the series was canceled because they wanted to make it, uh, whatever, digital. How it got solicited for yeah. September. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Well, yep. I won't get my hopes up. Um, villain, I have <laughs> yeah. been racking my brains for a long time about a female villain. I really couldn't come up with one, so I'll just give you those three. Uh, FSU Spider fan. He is in the armpit of North Carolina. Uh, Kevin, Spider Girl, or Michael, have you read the Batman comics where he became a vampire? If so, what do you think? Uh, I think he's talking about the Batman Red Rain uh, trilogy of Elseworlds. I unfortunately have never read them. Uh, Doug Minch is how you pronounce that, I believe, wrote them, and and I'm a fan of his as a Batman writer. But unfortunately, Kelly Jones was the artist. Yeah, and not a fan. if you saw any of the Nightfall covers from like 1993, yeah. uh, I really hate his style. So I don't know if I <laughs> could commit to three long stories where he's drawing it again because uh, I had to suffer through him before. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if, uh, my opinions are basically the same as. Uh, Bailey's. I've never read it. I enjoy Doug Minch, but man, I read the first issue of that recent uh, Batman Gotham After Midnight series. It was written by Steve Niles and drawn by Kelly Jones, and that was one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. So <laughs> there is no way in hell I'm going to go. See I love Kelly Jones did. Kevin doesn't hold back. Uh, uh, Stella, did you read it? I believe that I might have read one issue, but it has been. Um, well, obviously, since it came out, I just I don't think I remember it, so I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. That it. All right, it's now time for the impression part of the podcast. Woohoo! Uh, yes. Spidey dude, do Ben Riley meet Jack? <laughs> Damn you, red herring, you bitch! I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Ben Riley. <laughs> smack, <laughs> smack the hole. Spider- I thought, Damn, uh, spider clone smacked a hoe. Uh, Steve J. Rogers, uh, let's see, for Brad, did you ever check out the Imagine Stanley written DC books from around 2002, 2003? No, sir, have not. I meant to buy it in trade, but I just never did. You can have the ones I have except for the Superman one. I hated them. The crap. 
from Michael, when where does Spider-Man rank in your list of favorite Marvel characters? Who is above him? I think the Hulk is, right? Hulk is number one. Captain America is number two. I would have to say Spider-Man is number three. Okay. Gotcha. And let's see. Uh, Stella, are you anticipating Batman Arkham Asylum? I think we already said yep. that. that we're all looking forward to that. And I'm even a Marvel guy, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it looks good. It's good. Uh, and as a gamer, what are your, some of your favorite titles? Um, well, definitely, you know how many times I've talked about Uncharted. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I usually buy any Spider-Man um, things that come out, except I haven't gotten Web of Shadows yet. And I'm awesome. a big Crash Bandicoot fan, but only the ones that Naughty Dog has done, because once they sold it to Traveler's Tales, it went in the toilet. So mm. I'm a big, uh, yeah, seriously, it was a tanker. Um, so I'm a big Naughty Dog follower. For Spidey Dude, that just sounds so bad. I'm a big naughty dog. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, Spidey yeah. Dude, <laughs> naughty dog. I'm gonna go take wow. a shower. I'm be right <laughs> What you don't like me whispering in your ear that I'm a naughty dog, Bailey? <laughs> I'll never have sex again. Thank you very much, Brett. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, for Spidey Dude, what's your second favorite Mega Spider-Man event after the Clone Saga? Well, my. Uh... I would have to say my second favorite mega event because there's not been really a whole lot of uh, there's really a select few of lists to choose from in terms of mega events. Nothing's more infamous than that. But um, I would say the uh, story arc with Norman takes over the bugle. That was just made of epic win. I mean, you had Demetrius writing writing Norman, you had DeFalco writing Norman, you had Mackie writing Norman. And, and do all do all of them doing it so well. I mean, they it really justified the return of Norman, and it really set up the current status quo. But it, they couldn't really get much better than, than Norman and 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 J and J. Joe and Jameson cowering in fear of him, and 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 you know eventually standing up to him. But of course, that all led to the final chapter. Right. Jr. ranked the following Normans: Bates, Osborne, and Peterson. <laughs> <sighs> Let's go, go ahead, to the Jared. next question. Okay. Oh. Remote Man. For Zach, what are your thoughts on Dan Jurgens' all-too-brief run on the sensational Spider-Man? It's an enjoyable run, and the, and i tell you the biggest reason why he left. I mean, you got to look. He was, he was on a total of seven issues, and um, he left because he got pissed off because he really wanted to write Peter Parker. I mean, the Peter Parker. And what happened was, was Onslaught... Uh, because Bob Harris was an X-Men editor and, and always, to me, will be an X-Men editor. He was never a good editor-in-chief, in my opinion. Um, he did not want the ending of the Clone Saga to overshadow his X-Men event. So he pushed back the Clone Saga because I think, I mean, you got to look, the, the next to last issue before he in, his, his farewell issue was, was, was Blood Brothers. And Blood Brothers was supposed to be the end of the Clone Saga. So... Um, you got to look at it from that aspect. I think I think J- uh, Jurgens was just tired of writing part one of four. Um, I think he just he felt like he never. I mean, he had a couple of great ideas. Uh, uh, Jessica Cardine Car- was mm-hmm. an ag- the burglar's daughter. The burglar's, I uh, thought that was awesome. That was an excellent, excellent story. Yeah. Um, and I wish she would come back. Maybe she'll come back in the new Ben Riley series. <laughs> um, but um, I tell you right now, it'll be. Uh, We'll be, it'll be. I wish he would come back for at least a couple of issues, just because his artwork was fantastic, and he did a great job introducing Ben Riley and making Ben Riley even more likable. 
Stella, literary writers you'd like to see write Spider-Man. No one's off limits. Um, well, I'll go one dead, one living. I wonder what it would be like to get Ernest Hemingway to write a little <laughs> six-issue miniseries wow. uh, about Flash Thompson and his <laughs> war, his war. I wonder what that would be like. Uh, it'd wow. probably be really such a downer. Um, and the other one, <laughs> it probably would be, well, let's be honest. That was awesome. Um, I think Brad Meltzer. The old man and the um, goblin. <laughs> Did you hear that? That was a good line. He goes, "The old man and the goblin." That was classic. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the other okay. one would be Brad, Brad Meltzer, who had wrote um, the very first arc from Justice League, and I thought it was top notch. I think I just wonder what he would uh, do with uh, this character here. So those are my two. Uh, one for Jr. Who should that uh, pre-reboot Green Goblin five? Who should that have been? Um, I. Personally, thought it should have been Paul Stacy. I would have, I would have liked the. I think Norman would have appreciated the irony of using the cousin of the woman he killed as his uh, stand-in goblin. Uh, but yeah. it was really originally planned to be uh, Phil Yorick. Um, but uh, the editor at the time, it was either Harris or Fingeroth or somebody, uh, Harris. vetoed it. Harris vetoed it with and didn't give a reason. So that's what happened to that one. Spider Dad, lost in the urban prairie. Hope everyone's having a great summer. Here are my questions to all. Should Peter stop selling pictures to the newspaper and get a new job? If so what career should you what do you should he try to get? We've tried teacher. Newspapers are going out of business. I think a freelance news photographer. Or like a video photographer. Yeah, like a photog for a TV station? Or yeah, or even like uh just does I don't know, I don't know this TV's T V thing, but you know what That'd about be it. awesome. That'd be fun. Oh. Uh, JR, how do you like the characterization of Brand New Day Harry, especially the dynamic between Harry and Norman and American Son? We kind of hit that one up already, Spuddy Dude. But uh, JR's loving it, I think. Yeah, I like it, except when Harry's sitting in the park barefoot acting gay with Peter. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, No, it, to me, it seems like a lot like James Franco. Yeah. Uh, to all, it's been 50-plus issues since uh, one more day. Does ASM still feel for you like an alternate reality? No. Uh, I'll no. jump in on that one. No. Um, Go ahead, Kev. I think uh, I've, I think I said this last podcast, I'm actually enjoying it more now that I am thinking about it more like an alternate reality because when I was you know, just getting pissed off, this is what I have now, this is the real world, that's what I was always thinking about, but... Thinking of it like what it is, an alternate reality tale, I can just kind of get some more enjoyment out of it without all those hang-ups, even if it's not true. <laughs> Spider Dad hopes Spidey Doo gets the microphone fixed, which he did. So yeah, I sound, I, I sound utterly sexy now. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> my man Will from uh, Staten Island, New York. How do you guys feel about so many obscure Spider-Man characters and villains showing up in Avengers, the Initiative, such as Red Nine, the Annex, the Batwing, and all those other guys who made their original appearance in the Spider-Book? There's also a dude in Thunderbolts that made, like, one cameo in Untold Tales. Yeah, that would Battle be Headhunter. And, uh, Headhunter. and uh, I'll, I'll pick this one up. Okay. Uh, I loved Annex. It was one of the very first annuals I ever got. It was 64-page monster. And uh, it was just – it was very interesting because it was in a, um, a Desert Storm – veteran who uh, lost his leg and through the wonders of technology he has he grows a second he grows his leg back when he's in the annex suit and he gets to make his own it's like it's like iron man but magic 
mixed together, and it was it wasn't bad. Um, they they really kind of grossly underuse these characters, but that's because it's a, it's a team book and they don't get the opportunity to do so. Batwing has been very interesting because he's for the first time he's actually able to use his human voice because for a long time he couldn't really talk very well because of the. Where's Batman? I mean, Batwing showing up. Batwing showed up. Yeah, he's he showed up the initiative. He showed up in, in Untold Tales, I think issue two. Yeah, I, I kind of remember him. Yeah. He's like a bat. He's, what's the Batman villain? Man bat. Man bat. Man bat. He's kind of reminds me of that. I think that's intentional. Uh, for Bailey, speaking of DC, I dropped Action Comics and Superman instead of only picking up the world of New Krypton because it has you know Superman in it. Did you do the same? No, I I, I have been collecting the Superman titles since 1987. Uh, I, I did briefly consider dropping them, and then uh, kind of like Kevin, I was like, what the hell am I doing? And I, I really like what Greg Rucka is doing in action comics. I think he, he's, he's developed some good subplots, and he's really good at characterization. Superman is slower, but I like James Robinson as a writer, so I'm kind of hanging in there. I think the Superman books now are better than they were two years ago when we were going through the massive delays and, and storylines being... Uh, laid. It's not as good as it was last year, but it's getting there. Okay. Stella, notice how you went from being the girl who liked literature to being the only characteristic about you. Any thoughts on this? I do have some thoughts. Please cue okay. the sad, sappy music. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's almost been a year anniversary. Oh my God. Be, you know, In the beginning. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> oh, my word. August <laughs> 2008 was, you know, the first podcast. And I think, you know, when people first listen, they're probably like, who's this chick? And why does she think that she knows anything about Spider-Man? And so maybe they got used to me. Maybe they got used to my annoying, droning voice. But now I think they might respect me. So now I'm happy with having some sort of title. I mean, Jr. everyone goes to him for, you know, Norman Osborne. And I think I can be that kind of person. So come to me with your Latin and literature requests. So I respect it. I respect it. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, to the rest of the panel, remember when we asked Spider-Man questions, now everyone just wants to humiliate you all. I don't think so. I think some of them do, but I think the majority of these questions are okay. They're all like in the, good fun. They're they're trying to – holy – okay, now what did Crazy Chris do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, should we do that one? I don't want – JR, do you want to sing? Does anybody even no, know what the song sounds like? No, I don't want to sing. Oh, yeah. on a string. No. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Spider-Pull 279. That's the best you're going to get, crazy Chris. I was, was going to By the way, Spider-Pull, if you can, can you shrink Ryan Reynolds down? I know uh, What's-Her-Name <laughs> has tried to do that for years. What's-Her-Name, the hottie? Um, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Fred, uh, Fredneck County, Maryland, BD. Are we the only real Marvel zombies anymore? And are you looking forward to the Deadpool issue of Amazing Spider-Man in October? Uh, I think a lot Deadpool's of comic book yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> didn't know that. Kelly is writing a Deadpool story in October. It's a one-issue is. thing. That's okay. awesome. I think a lot of people aren't Marvel zombies anymore. I think, uh, as you can tell from this panel, people buy DC, they buy Image, they buy JR, buys IDW, Star, Star Trek comics. So I think I'm one of the only ones left, and along with you, Spider-Pool. Uh, Stella, being a literature fan, <laughs> uh, you must have read Pride Prejudice. Do you like... <laughs> Did you like, and do you think kids should be forced to read that stuff in school? It's really sad because the way he said it, now I feel bad when I say that, no, I have not read Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I 
Um, no, I do have a, a tome of Jane Austen's collected works, but the only uh, one that I've actually read was for an English literature class for my college, um, which was Northanger Abbey, which I absolutely love. Let's see. Uh, so do I think kids should be forced to read it? It sounds sad when forced to read this. I think, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it is long, maybe excerpts, but I think it's just good to get an idea of social relations back then, and I just think those two characters are wonderful and their relations and everything, so I'll say that. JR. JR, how do you feel about Norman only landing 13th in IGN's top 100 supervillains? Also, by the way, I got an A on that paper. Thanks for helping me get a higher grade than B and D. Well, first of all, first of all, you're quite welcome. Glad to help. Second of all, as far as the poll, I'm not familiar with this particular poll. Uh, but uh, if you want the honest truth, I don't care what some poll says. Uh, it means it means absolutely nothing to me. So uh, yeah. there's your answer. Kevin, are you going to sue Marvel for stealing your new ways to live title? <laughs> um, no. Uh, <laughs> it's an easy title to come up with. I don't begrudge them. I don't think it has anything to do with me. But I do see why they uh, refuse to read Crawl Space, just in case there are similar ideas in Spider-Man comics that I might want to sue them for. Uh, Michael, have you gotten more buzz off your one episode on this show or your other show? I don't know how don't to know take that. that. Uh, I don't I, know what that means. I guess he, he he's wondering if I'm getting more attention or or more uh, maybe maybe excitement. I don't know. Uh, you know uh, this. You know, no. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the people that listen to views uh, are a lot. A lot of them listen to this show, like Steve J. Rogers and a couple others. So it's not like I'm really getting any more buzz because I'm on the show, but I'm very happy to be here. Uh, and if it attracts people to either views from Longbox or from Crisis to Crisis, uh, that's great. Ronan with the uh, squirrel humping Spider-Man's head avatar. <laughs> uh, Stella has a comic book question. Oh, Ooh, all right. Stella. Opa. 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 I think, uh, I, think I recall it being mentioned that you were a fan of Iron Fist. If so, what were your impressions of the last few issues and that the series, at least for the time being, is coming to a close? Any chance you're going to pick up the upcoming Immortal Weapons books? Okay, I didn't know about this business. About I don't know if I was just completely naive or I just did not read the solicitations, but I did not know. And then I was searching everywhere, and then I found it, issue 27. Then I just read issue 27, and I was like, what the heck? This is the last issue? Um, the last, well, the last issue itself was pretty crappy. The art was really sketchy. I couldn't even make out figures. It was very odd. And the last arc wasn't the best it could have been. So if it really is ending, then I'm kind of sad it's ending on such a poor note. Uh, I think they're rebooting it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it just did so well with Brubaker and Fraction, and then they left. And, you know... Yeah, the guy was doing kind of good. Now I don't remember his name. I feel like I should. Was Arts? Yeah, I think. Yep. But and then it kind of tanked after that. Uh, I am picking up the Immortal Weapons books uh, just because I was kind of getting interested in them, and also they're having back features on um, Iron Fist himself, which I assume involves Misty Knight's pregnancy. So. Kevin, Crawl Space is prime stuff, brother. It made me very happy to hear that you're sticking with it. I noticed you had a Witchblade banner, and I always loved the art and the book for what I saw on the net, but what are some of the other aspects of the book that people would enjoy besides the TNA? I'm sorry, I just added that last part. Uh, Thank you for the kind words on Crawl Space. Um, The thing anybody needs to realize about Witchblade is that 
pre-Ron Mars, which is issues 1 to 79, was a very different book than the current Ron Mars era, which has been from number 80 to uh, wherever we are now, around 127. Um, before Ron Mars, it was a TNA book. So if you like TNA, just go, you know, look online. I don't care. But yeah, uh, I'll be right back. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, Ron Mars started with number 80, and you can find they've uh, they've even got the trades marked with that being Volume 1. The other stuff is like Witchblade Origins, but Witchblade Volume 1 is the, the beginning of the Ron Mars stuff. And it's just great, and the thing about it is it's character-oriented, very, very character-oriented. I mean, Ron Mars, if you're familiar with his work at all from like the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern stuff, things like that, he's pretty much the guy that taught me that you really can write a comic that's completely based on the characters and have it be a great freaking comic. So Witchblade's one of my favorites just because it's so character-involved. It makes you really care about these people and what's happening to them. And Stefan Sedgwick's uh, digitally painted art is freaking gorgeous. So I would recommend Witchblade to anybody. Zach, how would you introduce uh, Kane into the 616 universe? Um, it's real simple. Um Kane could be very much, I mean, if you were to reverse Brand New Day and tie the continuity together, have Kane be a catalyst for it. Because Kane, he could be going completely nuts and thinking that he's, he's just, he's just, the clone degeneration is just taking over his mind and body and, 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 uh, he's walking through this universe where he thought that, um, you know, he's confused because he, because Spider-Man's no longer with Mary Jane and, and, and he's living with Aunt May and Aunt May's alive and it, it could be really a testament to getting everything tied together. Um, I love his MC2 appearances, but, uh, he, it's and is is worth reading because you see how how he evolves, but he could be a really good catalyst for uh, for this broken and fractured universe that we are experiencing right now. Or DXD Spider-Man Crawl Space number thirteen. There you go. <laughs> DXD asked me about the Beyonder and whatever happened to the Beyonder. Uh, they made a Secret Wars three. Uh, it was in Fantastic Four during Englehart's run where I think it was revealed that the Beyonder is part of the Cosmic Cube or something, but I really don't remember that that well. I think it's, I think kind of like with Spidey Dude, he's getting his clone saga, I want another Secret War. I think it would sell like gangbusters. There was another Secret third, War. Well, Secret Beyond. Wars, uh, plural, sorry, with the Beyonder. They wrote Beyond. I think it's, Wasn't that a, a sequel to Secret War? Yeah. Uh, no, it, it it didn't have a payoff. Mm, it really, I, I mean, it. It, it was crap. Neither did uh, the second one, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> the the what? Well, yeah, that's true. Anyway, I want a good Secret Wars, damn it. Another one. Uh, Brian, another question to me. Brian Bendis has stated that in the upcoming Ultimate Spider-Man relaunch, that he's using Mysterio as the main villain, and that he will be barring villains from the 60s cartoon. Personally, I think it, this could be fun, having someone other than the Green Goblin as Spidey's big baddie, and maybe we can see Parafino and the, his wax museum or Dr. Noah body from the old cartoon. Your opinion, sir? I'm not as well versed on the 60s Spider-Man animated series. I've been posting the, pic the cartoons on the main page, but I really haven't seen that many of them. So, um, sure, why not? Brian Bendis is a bit older than I am, so if he was to bring back mm, maybe uh, Robot Master, what was the guy in the, uh, uh, the Amazing Friends where he was a video game? They video already man? did that. Video, yeah. video Man. Oh, actually, they already did that Amazing Spider-Man family, didn't they? Uh huh. Well, anyway, if they brought Miss Lion back, I'd be cool. <laughs> I, I want more. Well, they did. She's in the when Pet Avengers. That? I'm not picking up freaking Pet Avengers. God <laughs> damn! Hey, you asked for it. I'm just telling you where it is, sir. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hear that in the bedroom all the time. Uh, oh to my the crew. Gosh. What? <laughs> oh, jeez. I to remember the when the world made sense. <laughs> to the group. Oh, good Lord. How do we get kids reading comic books again? We make them all ages and we put them in the nurseries. Uh, <laughs> I don't no, know. How do we... I, I, I think it's a, I think this is a question that's been asked for about 15 years now. I don't think there's an answer to it. You know, making them all ages is not going to bring in more uh, more kid readers. Uh, you know, the biggest problem, Mark Wade said this once, and I totally agree with him, uh, the biggest problems with comic books today are dis- distribution and price point. There you, know, you go. They're expensive, and you can't get them everywhere. It's not like when I was a kid where I could go to the Trexertown Mall and find five places to buy comic books, uh, you know, and they were only seventy-five cents. And when, when Brad started collecting, they were cheaper. When Jr. started collecting, they were even cheaper. And yeah. you're not going to get them as disposable entertainment anymore. So yeah. a, ki- a kid, you know, the, the argument that a kid would rather play a video game has some merit, but those things are fifty bucks. But at the end of the day, you play through a video game, and it takes you sometimes days and weeks and months to beat it. So you get yeah. more out of the entertainment dollar than part five of a 20-part story arc. Yeah, I agree. Uh, any wheat cakes left? Love the the, <laughs> the handle. He's from Canada. Who is, is that Bart Hamilton? Who is that uh, with his avatar, if anybody's on the board right now? It's a blonde guy in a Spider-Man suit. Definitely not Bart Hamilton. He was brunette in the Green Goblin. How about Bryce and Bountiful? Since it's, I know, it's right there in the word bubble. Yeah. <laughs> it's where? It's right Look there in the word bubble. bubble. Well, well. Oh, it's Bryce Bountiful. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Brad. Millionaire hairstylist. Oh, wow, well, thank you. Well, and uh, Bart Hamilton JR looked like Mike. <laughs> he did. JR, uh, this one's for you. Your articles are fantastic. I find your research, your memory, and your discussions all about things Spidey truly rewarding to read. Bravo, sir. Your check is in the mail. There you go. Uh, have you ever thought about putting it in a book? Because he'd buy it. Uh, well, I'm flattered, but uh, I've not been approached. People have suggested it before. I've got a good friend who writes who thinks that I, I should put together a collection of essays. But uh, that has a, a multi. There's a, a number of problems with that. One, I honestly don't think there's a market for it. Um, the uh, uh, anthology that I did contribute to uh, a few years back, Web Slinger, um, was an anthology of Spider-Man essays, and I think that sold only about 1,500 copies. Uh, so I don't think there's a market for it. Uh, I bought one. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that leaves fort, 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 $14.99 that I don't. Uh, I've yet to send a thank you letter to. Um, <laughs> But uh, there's, uh, I couldn't use any pictures or images without licensing yeah. them from Marvel. And the only people who might be interested would be small publishers. And considering that some of my articles are very critical of Marvel, uh, I think they would be afraid of, one, publishing an unauthorized book about a Marvel character. Uh, or, and two, you know, like I said, because it is some, it would be somewhat critical of Marvel. So really, um, you know, I appreciate the fact that you would buy it, talking uh, kids and barking dogs and all, but uh, it's just not going to happen. Okay. HPT Bandit from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, how do you feel about Marvel and other comic companies killing off characters and then bringing them back a few years later? Uh, dumb. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, there's shock, shock value. There are different reasons, though. I mean, we've all... Uh... 
thought for the past couple of years that DC was just doing this terrible job with killing off characters for no other reason than shock value, but it turns out there's been a multi-year plan. They're killing off characters specifically to have all these dead people for Blackest Night, and we don't know what they're going to do with them afterwards. So it, it depends on the reason, really. It could yeah, be but really interesting. But at the same time there, it's DC making a mess and then cleaning it up and calling it a story. <laughs> well, may, you might be able to see it, it that way, but you might be able to see it that way, but they, you know, they've had the Blackest Night plan since long about Green Lantern Rebirth, and it's just a matter, I guess, of whether you believe them. They say that they've had this plan to create kind of a Black Lantern army for Blackest Night. I tend to believe them, and I think that's an interesting story to do, and that gives it all meaning. It, it is an interesting story to do, but at the same time, it's like Infinite Crisis, where they... They, they broke a lot of toys just to put them back together again, just to break them again. And I think it would be nice just to focus on the characters themselves and not building up to this company-wide event. Now, yeah. Blackest Night may not have been originally intended to be a, a company-wide event, and if it had stayed in the smaller context of just the Green Lantern books like Sinestro Core War, then that would have been better... Uh, and this is me. This comes from a person who's looking forward to the event, so don't get me wrong. It's just my one problem is that it's once again DC spilling some milk, cleaning it up, and saying, "Hey, there! Look, we fixed something. Isn't that great?" So, this. <laughs> Uh, Miles Warren from uh, Ireland. He says, hey, gang, I know you all have wanted to meet each other in person for a long time. I think Brad suggested meeting in a comic book convention somewhere. Have any of you done this already, or are you still in the planning stages? The only two that have met in person are Kevin and Stella, and they ate uh, lunch as Stella was driving through his uh, state. Yep. So, yes, I want to meet all you guys in person. I think a Comic-Con would be a perfect thing. Uh, if I win the lottery, I'm flying you all out there. But uh, yeah. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, so. just getting to meet Stella was fantastic. I'd love to meet the rest of you. It's, uh, I think the plans for all of us for going to a Comic-Con this year completely fell apart, but if we could do yeah. it sometime, I'd love to. Yeah, I think the easiest, closest one for most of us is Chicago, and that's what we were talking about a while back, but it just kind of fell apart <laughs> for multiple reasons. It's all your life's fault. Uh, it's, uh, anyway, a <laughs> uh, lot <laughs> Locked down from Illinois. Uh, let's see, with Loki pretty much be taking over the cabal in the various Dark Rain books. You think that Loki will approach Peter about their deal from back during JMS's run? Kevin, hit it. Um, I doubt it because I, I really think that that's one of those many things from that era of Spider-Man that Marvel just wants to forget. I don't think they want to give anybody reason to go back and read the JMS issues because they're going to say, well, damn, this was better. But yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, that's about all I can say. I'm honestly I gotta say I'm not reading most of the Dark Rain books, so it's news to me that Loki's taking over the Cabal. Yeah. Uh classic villain. Uh, Brad, how do you keep these guys in line on the podcast all the time? I've learned I've had to crack the whip several times on my guys over at my podcast. I got I'm locked down, I'm lucky enough to I have got, got classy people all the way around. They're never late. They show up. They have a ball. Oh, and some I, of us are late. Come on now. Let's, let's not let's not portray us as perfect people. Don't, don't talk about your girlfriend. Uh, anyway. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty terrible right there. I'm sorry. He's, he's Brad needs to rein himself in. That's, that's <laughs> Mighty it. dude's going to be a daddy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and then he'll graduate to being Spider-Dad. 
Yeah, Spider Dad. There you go. Oh, jeez. Anyway, it, it, I got quality people. It, it's it's very easy to do a podcast month in and month out with these friends. And and Jr. and I were talking about it last month. You know, we we put in our forty hours a week, and this is our this is our free time, and we're we're uh, having a little therapy of Spider Man once a month, and it's a it's a pleasure to do. Uh, Leopard Lad from London, UK, with the uh, the the puma, or is that a tiger? Or is that a puma? You're the one that put it on there. Well, it's a, probably a leopard. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, that's a long question. Three sixteen features hit it, Spidey dude. Read right. and answer it. Three sixteen features the second appearance of Venom. He was... No, 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 no. Summarize it quicker than that. Okay, I'm not. I'm not reading the whole uh, thing. I'm not reading the whole thing. I'll just. Probably, you didn't let me finish. There's a part where Black Cat attacks her, and suddenly on the next page, he saw the same page again. Basically, he got an error of a book, and uh, I can answer this one, and because uh, for some reason, Ultimate 100. Printed the scene where uh, Richard Parker, Ultimate Richard Parker, walks in for the first time and introduces himself and stuff like that. It printed it twice. There's a problem with yeah. the printer. And you know what? With it being Leopard Lad, you probably have a rare book, mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be a collector's item. And if you were to sell that, because it's because you know you have these like the variant uh, action figures and stuff like that, you could probably make some money off of it because it's a print error, and they probably didn't have a whole lot of them. So congratulations, you've got a keepsake. Well, and Leopard let's not forget fairly recently with the uh, uh, <laughs> X-Men Manifest Destiny issue that accidentally got printed as uh, Spider-Man X-Men number three or four. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It was actually number three, and it was the Ben Riley issue, and it came out a week before the actual Ben Riley issue came out. Yeah, under a different cover. So if you got yeah. one of those, keep it. <laughs> I do. He also wants to know about buying Web of Shadows. He has an Xbox 360, a Wii, and a PlayStation 2. Stella has said, or somebody told me, PlayStation 2 is awful for that game. It's a totally different game. Uh, your Xbox has better graphics than the Wii, so I would recommend Xbox. And the Wii would be a workout trying to swing. Yeah. If you're if, yeah. if you're if you're overly rotundant and you need to lose some weight, I would recommend that for the uh, Wii. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the rotund. What a, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, you're double dipping, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> TS champ. Uh, <laughs> BD, want me to ask you the question? Oh yeah, I, I'm the dumb bastard that's, I'm sorry, TS champ. I'm the one that made you double dip. Uh, which is bad at parties and bread and cheese wine parties. Uh, when did you go from a reader to a collector? It was a question I just asked myself. I haven't thought of the answer yet, but I will answer when I have an answer to the question for the answer I just posted due to the fact that I have an answer right now and a sold question that I don't have an answer for. I got a headache. You give me both, TS champ. When did I become a, a reader and a collector? I, I don't know. Uh, he also asked, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Stel- Stel- we haven't heard from Stella in a while. When did you go from a reader to a collector? Well, I guess I'm trying to differentiate between the two. Um, I wonder if a collector is just someone who buys and doesn't read, or if you're, I- I- I'm not sure. I mean, I don't burn steel, which I guess would be the very base definition of a reader, is you go in, you read, you put it back, you don't buy. So I'm actually yeah, buying, like a- yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You get like a Sports Illustrated, you read it and you throw it away. You get the daily newspaper, you read it and throw it away. Okay. So I, I assume, okay, so I mean, when do you go? I don't, when did I go? I guess I was always a, a collector then because I've always, when I buy them, I sort of keep them. So. Yeah, me too. And they sell those long boxes. We can't, JR, when did you, when did you become a collector and a reader? Hmm. Well, uh, 
probably once I'd realized that I had started developing quite a collection, I said, oh, crap, i got to take care of these. Uh, yeah. So, exactly. uh, you know, I, really, I there's really no demarcation. It was just, holy crap, uh, I've got a bunch of Spider-Man comics. Isn't that neat? Uh, I'd better find a way to take care of them. I, I got you. I'm with you, too. Uh, let's see. As I type in our little chat window, I apologize for referencing Kevin <laughs> Midtown. Oh, he's taking a piss. He, I can talk shit all the time. Uh, Midtown Spidey from Midland, Ontario. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. There's a the Michael. Michael wanted to answer a question. Um, oh, oh, sorry, I just ahead, wanted Mike. to throw my my two cents on the reader collector thing. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Sorry. I, I I think this is just one of the things that that people like to argue about. I mean, because because some people are of the opinion that you can't be a reader if you're a collector. Like if you collect the books and put them in bags and boards and store them, that somehow you're not as pure a comic fan as someone who just reads them and rips them in half and throws them away. You know, I, I think you can be a reader. I think you can be a collector. I think you can be a both, and that the labels are just kind of silly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see. Midtown Spidey. He's been, uh, just registered and is a new user and only been listening to the show for about three months. And he loves it, so I appreciate it, Midtown. Uh, Midtown, where's your question? I'm scanning, scanning. Is uh, American Sun a good place to start picking up the series or should he hold off for a while? Um, you might want to start picking up from Brand New Day on because it ties in all these characters. Maybe 600 is a good spot. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that. Yeah. Spider Girl, if I remember correctly, for one of the podcasts I heard that you were into Greek mythology. I was just wondering if you've read any of the Percy Sam. Ja- I mean, not Percy Sam Jackson. Percy Jackson. Michael Jackson. The, uh, <laughs> have you read Michael Jackson <laughs> and the Olympian? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Percy Jackson and the Olympians books that are aimed at the Harry Potter generation. I have not. Okay. So, let's see, BD and Spider-Girl again. I know you're fans of Web of Shadows, but is it... No, you haven't... Did you buy it, Stella? I didn't think you bought it yet. No, I have not bought that yet. I played. Uh, okay, Zach has played. Uh, why does every Spider-Man in the game have to have Venom in it? Because Venom has the cool factor. Woohoo! Sorry. Who would you like to voice Spidey? I think uh, Josh Keaton from the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series... Best Spidey we've had, best Spidey voice we've had in a while, mm-hmm. and the voice on that Web of Shadows for Spidey, <laughs> the whiny not, bitch. Yeah, the whiny bitch. Yeah, I'm not, just not a fan of that Spidey voice. Jr., do you think the Green Goblin is going to come back after Dark Avengers Six? It seems like it. Do you think he does come back? That he will come back and come back in his original costume, or he come back like an Iron Patriot, like Green Goblin costume, oh. sort of like the Spider-Man movie. Oh. Well, I didn't get that question. Is, what's he, what, what was it? Is he dumping the Iron Patriot suit? Is that what the question was? Well, no. At the end of Dark Avengers 6, Norman is freaking out. I mean, he's, he has a confrontation with Namor where he screams at Namor, and, and then mm. uh, he uh, starts to um, – I forget exactly. He's uh, – Victoria, his assistant, tells him not to go on a mission because he hasn't had any sleep, and he is breaking down, <laughs> and he yeah. – he, uh, he, Yells at Miss Marvel or something. He, anyway, but he retreats to a room and just breaks down and starts hearing voices. So it, it you know, I don't know that he's going to become the Goblin yet again, but he is, he is losing his grip. Uh, wow. the question is, would he go back to his original costume or Iron Patriot variation? Well, I mean, I think he'd go back to his original costume. Um, I mean, he already has, he already was in New Ways to Die. So, um, I think he'll go back to the original. 
Uh, Spidey Dude, what'd you think of the Clone Saga episode from the 90s cartoon, and would you like to see it in the new cartoon? Uh, well, it's comparable, uh, somewhat. I liked it. Uh, the whole Spiner Carnage thing was a little bit more a central focus part than, than the, uh, when the way it actually was in the books. But, uh, I would like to see it in Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, we might see yeah. it in season four, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wants to know if anybody knows the wine bottle besides Gargan and the hooker that said wine more day. I missed that. I yeah. did. And it was also by this creepy baby, too, this baby doll. Oh, I remember the baby. I don't remember seeing the bottle. Yeah. Baby bottle pop. Oh my god. <laughs> Five dollar baby bottle. <laughs> Spider plumber from Oak Bank, Manitoba. Uh, let's see. Uh, the question Canada. is for each of you. Please try to come up with different answers other than Peter, who in the 616 continuity would make a good Spider-Man. I think Ben Riley. I don't know. Ben Riley. Yeah, Stella. that's okay. the answer I want. <laughs> I think um, if Spidey, not necessarily a good Spidey, but I feel like if Peter Parker did not exist, what if Flash Thompson got bit by a radioactive spider? Hmm. Hmm. be good. What if Mary Jane did? Whoop, whoop. Then she'd be Spider-Woman. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Spider-Tour. I've often tried to get friends and family into reading comics with limited success, primarily because they have an aversion to the specialty store. <laughs> that is sad. You know, it's kind of like you got to go buy your porn. <laughs> you got to go down to the specialty you, comic you, store. You, got, you know all about that, don't you, Brad? Yeah, just from your notes. Uh, how have you tried to get friends, coworkers, families... And others in the comics, and have you succeeded? It seems uh, too much work more easily with family, I find. And thanks for taking the time and for another great show. Uh, when I was dating my wife, I gave her Ultimate Spider-Man uh, trade paperback volume one. She didn't really dig it, uh, but she digs the movies. I find the movies are uh, the easiest way to get the non-fan into it. But uh, as far as reading comics, I haven't had much luck. Well, I mean, I, right, there, I, we have... Some people are comic book readers and some people aren't. There's a lot of people that just, they aren't going to be comic book readers. A lot of it's the stigma of, you know, the kitty books, and just reading one isn't going to wash that off. I've tried to get people into comics that they should love, but they just don't like reading comics because of the opinion they have of it. Now, Michael, you, you've successfully, your wife is a comic reader, right? Well, well let, let's, let, let me back that up. She okay. read, The reason why she reads fables is because she likes fairy tales. I told her there was this new book where they were going to have fairy tale characters in the real world, and she liked the first issue and really got into the characters. And she gets the Anita Blake uh, comics because she has been reading those since she was in high school back in, like, 1997. And she just right. wanted to see how it, it, uh, it uh, translated into comic book form. I, back in high school, tried to get one girlfriend into comics and decided that it was not worth the effort. And <laughs> really and truly, I am not the type of person that wants to go, you know, evangelize comic books. You know, there there's a certain way of thinking that some comic book fans have that, oh, I like these, so we need to get more people to read the comics, and then the comics will be more, you know, it'll be more popular, yeah. and they'll get better and better. And I'm of the opinion that, frankly, I like it as kind of a niche market. I really yeah. do. I'm not saying that you can't have comic books, like in Japan, where you have comic books about baseball teams and, uh, you know, hentai. 
But, but you know, other things as well. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've just never been ty- the type of person, if somebody wants to read a comic, you know, they'll, like Kevin said, they'll read it. And if they like it, they'll stick with it. And if they don't want to, don't try to force it on them. It's just going to make yeah. them hate it even more. Yeah, I mean, I will Still say like- that I did... Uh, oh, I did get a girlfriend in the comics successfully once using a combination of Peter Davis' new X Factor, <laughs> X Factor, Sorry. and uh, Book of Lost Souls, and she loved those and went on to read House of M, Civil War, and Illuminati stuff. But she had a little bit of an interest in what it was all about beforehand. It wasn't just me taking somebody that didn't care and turning them into a reader. So it, you know, Stella, you ever turn a boy onto comics? Um, no, I haven't. I sort of, uh, I don't really go about telling people that, you know, because I'm already sort of a nerd with my Latin and everything, but uh, my close friends, I do tell them about the podcast, so that's a bit easier for them to get into, but comics not so much. I just think they have this sort of um, idea already of what it, a comic is, and until they actually touch it and read it, I don't think they'll actually understand, so... Jer, how about your son? I think you've turned him on the comics, haven't you? Uh, he's mod- moderately interested in them because he sees that the old man's got him. Um, I don't go out of my way to buy them because, one, uh, the local comic, the closest comic shop's about 25 miles away. Um, yeah. I try to keep him in the back issue bin for expense, but, you know, he wants to read Batman. But the thing is, a lot of Batman comics, I don't think, are suitable for kids, to be honest. And mm. so I really try mm. to discourage him. Um, he does want new ways to die really bad, though, because he loves Venom. And he's been, mm-hmm. Dad, Dad, I want new ways to die. So I'm thinking, I, I've seen the gra- I've seen the trade. Maybe I'll get that for him. Yeah. Zach, ever turned a girl on? I'm in the <laughs> comics. Uh, how did I know? How did I know that was coming? Um, no, actually, I've not. I've not tried. Um, and I don't care. I mean, if, 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 yeah, if they like comics, fine. If they don't, Okay. I figure as long as they don't try to discourage me, then we're good. Exactly, exactly. My mother. <laughs> you gotta find an enabler, is what you're. Ba- it, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's the uh, <laughs> yes. the moral to this story. Tech from St. Louis, Mo. Jr. Do you prefer Norman as a hands-on or a manipulator in the background? Well, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say both. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I like it when he manipulates and plans and pulls strings, and I also like it when, at the very end, he loses patience with it and just decides to go out and directly, uh, take care of the problem directly. So it works both yeah. ways. What do you think of his Iron Patriot ID? Mm, it's all right. I mean, it's typical. Norman sees himself as a patriot, uh, so uh, and uh, I'm sure he enjoys playing with, you know, raiding Tony Stark's kitchen and playing with Tony Stark's toys. So uh, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a perfect setup for Norman. Okay, and we're ending on impressions from Scotland. Spider Boy says, "Hey gang, just want one question for all of you. If you were to write a what if story, what would you do?" No, no, no. We're going to do impressions, Spider Boy. Uh, I think it'd be funny for all of you to do each other. Wait a minute. I mean, impressions. <laughs> oh, <would be> yeah. <laughs> all right, Stella, do Zach. Okay, this should be uh, very fun. Okay. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and Zach's just going to sit there. Like for for days when this podcast, yeah. Yeah, for when this podcast comes out, just keep playing over. Stella, do Zach. Stella. Oh wow! Burn. Thank you, Mike Bailey. Okay, Stella, do an impression of Zach. Okay. 
Hey, my name is Zach's buddy dude Joyner. My testicles just dropped us. He put my voice. All I need is a lady of the night, and I'll finally be considered a man. <laughs> oh my God. Are you sure you've never seen Welcome Back, Connor, Stella? Wow. <laughs> when did I develop a freaking Brooklyn accent? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I know when you had testicles. Oh, uh, Kevin. Uh... <laughs> and it all falls apart at the end. And the part I will be the part I will be looping is Kevin Dubrad. <laughs> Welcome back, Webheads, the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast. And remember, if you ask a Green Lantern question, I will find your house and pop a cap in your ass. <laughs> All right, Zach, do Jr. Oscorn. <laughs> that's actually really okay, good. Brad, Brad wait, wait a minute, that's me. I'll do Stella. Now, I really enjoy the literature from Jane Eyre, and uh, I think I liked it when Jane fought Iron Fist. Wow. Okay, sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay, is she crying? I'm sorry, Stella. Oh, no, that was crying from Glee. Okay, Glee. J.R., do Kevin. Hmm, let's see here. Uh, I can imagine Kevin frantically sitting in his typewriter or writing or whatever. No! Apostrophe! God damn it! No! No! <laughs> comma! Comma! Oh, shit! That doesn't sound right. Sentence fragment! Oh, no! This doesn't work! Oh, God! This button. Oh, I hate myself! This is crap! Rip, 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 rip! Uh, <laughs> where's my cigs? Where's my cigs? <laughs> oh... Oh, Jr., that was good. <laughs> I, I think I'm the luckiest one on the podcast having oh. Jr. do the impression of me. 